This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. Hey, everybody. It's Don LaGreca. Tuesday edition of Game Misconduct. We apologize. Just could not get things done with EJ Raddick. He's going to join us coming up on Thursday. There's a lot of reasons why. It's all my fault, by the way. I just couldn't do 11 o'clock, and he's a very busy man. So um, we're going to keep an eye on him for Thursday. But I wanted to put something up here because we certainly have what is a very interesting Final Four with both series already having a game in. And last night, you just saw why Vegas is the cup favorite to me. Because much like Tampa, although not as great offensively, they can pretty much play any way you want to play it. And Marc-Andre Fleury right now is just playing out of his mind. And listen, it's Max Pacioretty, it's Carlson, it's Stone. But they got three of their four goals last night from the D. And that is just very difficult to defend. And I thought Carey Price played terrific. But it's going to take him to be ungodly for him to be able to win just a game in this series, really. I mean, I had picked uh, Vegas in six because I just wanted to respect what Montreal has done so far and that Price might be able to steal a couple of games. Last night might have been the game to steal because he was totally on his game, but Vegas is just too good. And we talked about this earlier in the podcasts that when you when you take a look at the teams that Montreal faced, Toronto certainly flawed, especially when you look how well-rounded a team they are, very, very good with their forwards, um, and their goaltender played well. But they're not on the caliber of Vegas or Colorado, and neither is Winnipeg. And then when you look at them losing pieces, like losing Tavares in round one, losing Shifley in round two, those teams that were limited to begin with Certainly Winnipeg, um, they weren't going to be able to bring it. Montreal could take advantage. This Vegas team is just stacked. They really are. And they are built a lot like the Islanders in the East in the sense that they don't rely on one guy. Now, Max Pacioretty would probably be outside of Flurry, their Conn Smythe Trophy winner. But as I mentioned before, if it's not if it's not him, it's Marsha Show. If it's not him, it's Stone. If it's not him, it's Carlson. And then you get guys like... Uh, Theodore, who's been so underrated for them in the four years that he's been there. Uh, Alec Martinez was a tremendous pickup. He won those cups in Los Angeles, so you bring even more experience. And, you know, Pete DeBoer trying to get his third different team to the Stanley Cup final is just a terrific, terrific team. And, and Montreal's got their hands full. So I'm sticking with Vegas. Montreal might be able to steal a game, especially back at Montreal. But I think Vegas is poised to go back to the Stanley Cup final. Now, the more competitive series to me is going to be the Islanders and the now, before we talk about Game 2, let's dive into Game 1, shall we? That was a terrific effort by the Islanders. And and I was a little I was a little taken aback by the analysis of the game. Now, I'm not there. I'm watching it on television. Eddie O and Brian Boucher are terrific at what they do. Uh, I know Eddie O very well. Brian, I've, I've come across many times before. They are the best at what they do. But the problem I have with their analysis is it spent a lot of time on what's wrong with the Lightning. They seem out of sync. You know what the biggest problem for the Lightning was on Sunday? The Islanders. The Islanders will make you look that way. That's what they do. That's what makes them so great, and that's why they got a chance to win the Cup. I mean, I saw it all those years with the Devils, too, is that they will make you look bad. Now, what happened with a lot of those Devils teams is that sometimes you come up short a goal. And the difference in the game, and I didn't hear a lot of talk about this, was the Vasilevsky goal that uh, he allowed against Pulak that made it a 2 nothing game in the third period. And it turned out to be the game-winning goal after point, and how great is he, scores on the power play to make it 2-1 with less than a minute to go. Um, that would have tied the game, if you believe in the fallacy of the predetermined outcome, if that bad goal isn't scored. 
Uh, so, and then even that said, as great as the Islanders were, they are living and dying in the final 50 seconds with a goaltender pulled, hoping they're not giving up the tying goal. And even with as well as the Islanders played defensively, Varlamov had to come up with some big time point blank stops in order to be to preserve uh, the two to one victory. So uh, that just shows you this Lightning team is not going to go away easily. And the exact same game can be played tonight, and it's the Lightning that win the game two one, and you're all even. This I think this is going to go seven. I picked the Islanders to win in seven just because I think they will be the team that will come up with the big stops. You saw Stamkos with the bad turnover, and he gets benched in the game, and then we see him back on the power play late in the contest. And Islanders failed on three straight power plays to start the game. You'd like to see that change a little bit because you're going to watch this as an Islander fan just wondering can they get the insurance goal and and that's going to be the difference you're not beating this Tampa team one nothing I don't care how great you are defensively you're not shutting them out so add to your lead if you can now the Islanders have overcome deficits in these playoffs they have won games in which they've given up the first goal that's not going to get it done against this Tampa team, okay? you got to score first. got to build on the lead and kind of hold on from there. They just got so much firepower, it's ridiculous. If it's, uh, if it's not their defense, it's their blue line, although they didn't get a lot of production out of their blue line this year as opposed to the year before, but you know what Hedman can do. McDonough scored big goals in this league. Uh, Sergachev is all over the net. So they are, they're, they're outstanding, outstanding team. These are two very evenly matched teams that go about things a different way, and these are two brilliant coaches as well. I mean, John Cooper does not get, I think, the credit that he deserves because he, listen, he can be a little bit uh, difficult to deal with if you're a media member. I mean, I, I never had a run-in with him, but I remember I, I didn't realize that he had a policy of not announcing his um, his lineup before the game. So it was a Ranger Lightning game at the Garden, and, and I went to talk to him before the game, and I asked him, and he, he was very polite about it, but we don't give... We don't give lineups here before the game. And some of the uh, Tampa media snickered because they knew the policy and I hadn't. He's a lawyer. He's a smart guy. And sometimes uh, he can be a little bit difficult to deal with. But he is an absolutely brilliant coach. And I don't think he gets enough credit because there are so many stars on that team. It's easy to kind of forget the coaching that goes into winning a Stanley Cup and, and taking that team to the Stanley Cup final in 2015. It almost seems like a rite of passage for the Lightning to be in the third round of the playoffs and, and the conference conference final and all that so John Cooper deserves a lot of credit and you know, Barry Trotz we've talked about him so many times and how brilliant he is these are two Stanley Cup champion coaches and they're going to go at it so this is going to be a long long series and and tonight's going to be big right it's a difference maker now do, can I see Tampa coming back from two nothing down I'm not really sure I can because of the tremendous home ice advantage the Islanders have so you know Tampa gets the split they're still okay even though the Islanders would have home ice advantage do I think the Lightning can get a game at the Coliseum sure getting multiple games at the Coliseum a little bit of a different story that's why tonight is going to be so big but uh, like to see a little bit more offense from the Islanders if we can uh, because I think playing those one nothing 2-1 games the Lightning are to get there so I mean again as great as the Islanders played what ended up happening is they still gave up 30 plus shots because that's what they do and they still got their power play goal because that's what they do. And Varlamov made some just unbelievable saves. So 
that is something that you're going to have to really consider to be able to survive this. All right, before we get to your tweets at at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct, we should get into the Gerard Gallant hiring by the New York Rangers. Gets a four-year deal worth $3.5 million a year, and that's according to reports. I mentioned this on the case show yesterday. It's kind of the best of both worlds because he's a guy that is um, really respected around the National Hockey League. Tons of experience, okay? His best seasons obviously came with the Vegas Golden Knights, and the fact that he took a, a, a expansion team to the Stanley Cup Final is unbelievable. So the work that he did, George McPhee did, was tremendous in building that team. Obviously not the same success in Florida and Columbus uh, as he had in Vegas, but you know he's gone to the playoffs. He's really respected around the league. And players really love him everywhere that he has ever been. So uh, when I say the best of both worlds is you bring in somebody that's still relatively young. He's 57 years old, a guy that the, the players really respect, brings a little bit of a discipline Aryan type of air to it, but also somebody that you know, is kind of in between that A.V. and John Tortorella. And and I think that there is a lot of both of those types of coaches where there's a laid-backness to him, but there's also a disciplinarian factor to him as well. And and I think there's enough experience there. He's, he's, he's dealt with big markets before. He's been an assistant coach in Montreal. He was an assistant coach with the Islanders um, and did a lot of heavy lifting with those teams, especially in Montreal. So he knows the ropes, played in this league for a long time. I think it's an excellent high. But listen, all hires are always going to be dealt with with how successful you are, right? So we're ultimately going to see. But I think it's it's a really good hire for the Rangers. And many people wanted to know, well, if it's such a great coach, why was he let go last season by Vegas? Well, there was a different kind of um, vibe around the Vegas Golden Knights going into that third year, right? You had that disappointing loss to the San Jose Sharks, blowing that 3-1 series lead. You know, you had a new general manager, Emma Crimmon, coming in for George McPhee, who was bumped up to the presidency. Uh, at the time of his firing, which was around January of 2020, the team was a playoff team, but was settling for a wild card, and their expectations were to take the next step to win that championship and win the division. And McCrimmon was a guy that didn't hire him and decided to go with Pete DeBoer. You can't say that it was the wrong move because Vegas looks like they're poised to win a Stanley Cup or at least go to the Stanley Cup final with Pete DeBoer. And, and Gerard Gallant is somebody that had to wait a year and now has got a chance at an original 16 team so sometimes that happens hey I gave this example on the Michael K show right Peter Laviolette is one of the best coaches in the NHL I don't think anybody can deny that he's won a Stanley Cup in Carolina went to three straight playoff appearances when the Islanders weren't going to the playoffs his first time as a head coach went to a Stanley Cup final in Philadelphia went to a Stanley Cup final in Nashville would not be surprised if he does it again with Washington and yet here's a coach that spends three four years in a place it's it's the most transient position in sports head coach of a National Hockey League team so I would not look at his departure in Vegas as some kind of window into a problem with the New York Rangers. So Chris Drury's bringing in his own guy. It's an excellent hire. He was heavily coveted, especially after winning at the World Championships where he had to handle NHL players and handle a team that was not a favorite. So a lot of good things with the New York Rangers hiring of Gerard Gallant. All right, let's get to your tweets at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. Donnell Weaver says, since the Islanders took a game in Tampa, what they were supposed to do, what are your chances that the rest of the series for the Islanders 
shoulders against the Lightning, well, I love their chances, okay? And, and it's interesting. Getting a split is something the Islanders always seem to do when they have home ice disadvantage. The last time they lost the first two games on the road of a series, you got to go back to 2002 against the Maple Leafs, and they still forced a Game 7 in that series. Now, that was 20 years ago, and everything has changed, but the point is history tells you the Islanders do not go quietly into that good night, especially when they have a really good team. Taking that first game is huge, but I think you, it's okay to be selfish. I think it's okay to go out there and say, I believe that we can take game two and really make this a short series. So don't be satisfied with the split. I think go out there, you play your game, let the chips fall where they may, and at the least you've got the split. But going for two uh, in a row would not be the end of the world. I think that would be a, a tremendous thing uh, for this team to be able to accomplish that. I think that would be really cool for this Islanders team that has kind of been just really in a position where they have they could have won it last year if not for the short turnaround after the Philly series. And I think they've got an excellent chance to win a Stanley Cup and go up against a Vegas Golden Knights team that is going to be very, very difficult to beat. There's no question about that. All right. Um, trying to look here at uh, JDS says, should Garth Snow get another GM job? Now, it's interesting because he hasn't gotten a sniff, right? And certain his reputation is not great considering – how it all went down there with the Islanders after you know he came in to clean up everything that happened with Neil Smith and that that departure and that debacle was was a shame, but a lot of what the Islanders have on their team were players that were drafted by Garth Snow. I, I just wonder if there is really a place for him now in this league. There's always a, a place to land a second chance, but the the, the the everything that went on with the Islanders before Lou took over, there was some good. Uh, there was also some bad, um, you know. But there's enough on his resume. You would think he would get another opportunity. But sometimes when you flame out in New York, it makes it very difficult. And I just think the reputation around the Islanders, and I think he gets a lot of criticism that I don't think is a great thing for him as far as moving forward. And it's been a few years now. Um, maybe an assistant general manager, maybe an opportunity there, but not sure he will ever get an, an, an opportunity. Uh, Johnny Cash, it's a pleasure to hear from him from the dead. Mark andre Fleury looks unbeatable. Who can beat Vegas? Well, listen, either of the teams uh, right now between Tampa and New York can beat the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't think uh, Vegas is a juggernaut by any stretch of the imagination, and Montreal still could be heard from in this series. But um, I think... Both of these teams are capable of doing it. The Lightning in a different way than the Islanders can, right? Because I think when you look at the scorers for Tampa, if it becomes a shootout situation, the Lightning are deep as far as being able to score goals are concerned. But if Flurry's going to play the way he's playing, God, it's going to be tough. And the Islanders, they're a team that you know that they can handle the heaviness of Vegas. They can handle the four lines. There's really they, when you look at the way the Islanders are built, they're built to beat anybody. Now, again, it doesn't mean that they're unbeatable, and they're certainly not the favorites by any stretch of the imagination, but the way they play will keep them in every single game possible. Now, if they continue to struggle to score goals, it's going to be easier to beat them, just like what you saw in Game 1, how close it was, despite the Islanders playing exactly the way they wanted to play defensively. But they can beat anybody, but anybody could end up beating them if they're going to really struggle to score goals. Uh, Justin says, I love the Rangers hiring. Gallant, baby, what's your take on this? I can never get through whenever I call on the show, so figured to tweet. Oh, it's a pleasure. Like I mentioned, um, 
with the Gallant hiring. I think it's an excellent hiring. As you heard me describe it earlier in the podcast, it, it makes perfect sense for them to hire Gerard Gallant. I thought they were going to go with Tortorella just because I was hearing rumblings that they would go back and the relationship with Dolan and all that, but uh, a little bit of a change of pace is not a bad thing. And finally, Richard says, excellent hire for the Rangers. I live in Vegas, and he molded our team to be a contender. That was from the ground up. Yes. Now, granted, they had a lot more than a lot of other expansion teams had, and guys like Carlson and Marsha Show really found themselves, but you have to give credit to coaches when players over achieve and uh listen shay theodore everybody that they went out and got uh, they were all available um because they were expendable by other teams because you had to leave players protected and some of those some of them hurt obviously but uh they were able to literally take guys off the scrap heap and be able to get more out of them take a look at all the good players that they have um, that they have, you know, and they, they acquired Stone, and they acquired Pacioretty after the fact. But you look at you look at the players they got from that first season, right? In the expansion draft, all of them overachieved from their career numbers before, all of them, because you know Tuck is another example. And when you see all those guys do better than they ever did before, a lot of credit has to fall on the shoulders of the head coach. There's no question. So we'll see if he can have the same success with the Rangers that he had in Vegas. All right. Everything got strangely messed up because of my schedule this week. I apologize for that. But uh, we're going to be back on Thursday with EJ Raddick. So instead of Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're going to do Tuesday and Thursday this week. So when we talk to EJ on Thursday, we'll only have two games uh, under our belt for for this uh, game and, and for the next as well. So we will be deep into these two series as uh, by the time we get into Thursday, so it should be good. So we'll talk to you again on Thursday. You want to get in touch with me, best way to do that is at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. We will talk to you again on Thursday. This was the Tuesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.